1: The Mark Miller, Utah Jazz Postgame Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe.
0: Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga sitting in tonight for coach Tim Lacombe. The Jazz lose 130-103 to to the Oklahoma City Thunder in Oklahoma City we hope coach is having a good time he's off doing a little tv work for high school basketball but of course jp check out the round ball roundup his uh, great podcast in fact just it's fun watching the games with jp got a little preview of what's coming up on the podcast there's some big episodes ahead oh yeah so people need to keep an eye out uh tonight's game uh jp probably a forgettable one for jazz fans boy i we should go back and look, or I can go back and look, but 25 turnovers has got to be a season high. I mean, they just threw the ball away left and right, and it is tough to win games when uh, you get 78 shots as opposed to your opponent's 104.
3: You lose a lot when you don't have Jordan Clarkson or Colin Saxon out there. 24 was the season high. Okay. Heading into the season. So this they game. topped it. So they topped it. Uh but you don't have other guys to rely on as far as creation. It was so much of a burden on Taylor Horton-Tucker, on Kelly O'Linick there in the second half. He got a couple of possessions where he could initiate, and things went well for him. But sustained and keeping it going so that they weren't turning the ball over. They weren't able to do that. That's what happens when you miss a guy like Mike Conley and how steady he was as a point guard force. They just didn't have that tonight, and they didn't have uh, a stellar night from Lowry Marketing to make up for it. He was guarded fiercely by Lou Dort on the Thunder, and and it ended up in a very tough night for Lowry Markkinen offensively.
0: And Lowry really owned that matchup when these guys uh, played a little over a week ago, uh, but then uh, Lou was distracted. Jordan Clarkson or other playmakers, it makes a big difference. Locke brought that up as we were doing crosstalk. Lowry finished tonight with 20 points and 10 rebounds. Six of fourteen shooting from the field, JP, O of five from three, eight for eleven from the line. It's actually a pretty good sign that he could not play that great and still go to the line eleven times and get twenty points. But yeah, he uh he did not dominate that matchup like he did uh a little over a week ago. He had six turnovers too. Six of those uh turnover of the uh, total twenty-five turnovers came from Lowry.
3: Well and most of his his buckets were tippins, the offensive rebound variety, Try, just trying to find activity around the rim, cutting off of uh, players in in down low across the baseline. That's how he got his points. And so he wasn't able to get into the flow of catch and shoot. He was hounded by Lou Dort, pushed off of his spots, and that translates to the type of night that he had. Getting to the free throw line is going to help him a long way, but as far as being able to do it when you don't have those extra guys around you, it's a much difficult task. Much difficult task.
0: Jalen Williams. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Uh, Aaron Wiggins had 27 to lead the way for Oklahoma City. He did that in 26 minutes, coming in off the bench. 12 of 16 shooting. Wow, what a night for him. Uh, Jalen uh, Jalen Williams had 20. Uh, that's E N Jalen six six Jalen Williams. Uh, had 20 points. Isaiah Joe had 17 after having a big first half. Josh Giddy with a double-double, 18 points, 13 boards. And Lou Dort uh, had a great defensive game. He also had 19 points, three assists, couple boards, had four steals. Uh, Jalen Williams also had four steals, so uh, 12 steals total for Oklahoma City. But a lot of those 25 turnovers for the Jazz were self-inflicted.
3: How many assists did Giddy end up with?
0: Uh, thirteen, isn't that what I just Yes, thirteen, yeah, 13 18,
3: eighteen and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Eighteen and thirteen. And he does it without a shot. Yes. Yeah, does, he doesn't have an outside shot no. to speak of. He's able to orchestrate and find the passes, see the cuts. He has such great vision. You can see how he gets them out in transition with those hit ahead passes because he can make every single pass in the in the playbook. He's so effective in running their stuff and getting them out and going. and They were the better team tonight. They really were. And the thing is, you know, they, they've improved so much from last year.
0: Let's get back to OKC and hear from Coach Hardy.
4: Story of the game is 26 turnovers. You could almost end the commentary about the game there. <laughs> like, it's really hard to win an NBA game with 26 turnovers. We had, I think, 13 live ball turnovers split between bad passes and Getting the dribble taken from us, we had five charges in tonight's game. Um, you know, it's it's very hard to win a game when the possession battle is lost by that much. And I don't think the intent of the team is bad. I don't think that anybody's trying to do things on their own. I just think there's, you know, some some sloppy play some bad spacing some guys aren't quite on the same page for whatever reason Um, you know we're playing some different lineups these last couple of games with guys being injured and some new faces and that's obviously a part of it but as we've said all season there's there's no excuses we just have to find a way to improve between now and sunday Um, credit to the thunder they played a fantastic game obviously shot the ball incredibly well from three, especially in the first half. Um, and then I think defensively, you know, we overreacted a little bit to that and ended up getting beat pretty badly in the paint in the second half. You know, we want to be a team that that protects the paint first, but it's natural sometimes for players to get a little bit anxious about the three-point line when a team has made 13 of them in the first half. Um, those are, are very natural reactions from players. And, um, you know, it's a it's a hard thing to totally strip the emotion out of a game. As a coaching staff, that's something that we would love if we could figure out how to do that, where the team could just say, hey, we know they made 13 threes in the first half. But we don't care. We're going to stick to our plan. It's It's hard. It's hard to to not react to 13 threes being made in a half. And so that's, that's film that we'll go back and show the team and continue to try to harp on those messages um, to continue to try to understand that the the process of how you play and the process of like how you approach a game plan, um, you need to try to be as emotion neutral as possible because this is the NBA and these are the best basketball players in the world and sometimes they can make you look bad and they can make it feel bad when – They make a lot of shots, even if they are shots that, in theory, you go into the game saying, hey, we're okay living with that shot over plays at the rim. So um, a lot to clean up. I'm glad we get to play again on Sunday. Um, Yeah, a lot of work to do.
2: The the physicality um, kind of bother you guys on on both ends of the floor, OKC's physicality.
4: You know, the games are physical. I I haven't felt like tonight's game was more physical than other games we've played. We've played plenty of physical teams this year. We've played plenty of physical defenses. Um, You know, I think Dort did a great job of of trying to deny and disrupt Lowry, but in some ways that's how Lowry gets guarded all the time. That's not a discredit to Dort. He's a a hell of a defender and, and did a great job, but Teams are are trying to do that more and more with Lowry, and I think he's responded well. Um, I thought we just we got a little bit antsy, um, started making some decisions a little bit too quickly. Our spacing wasn't wasn't great in those moments, and. You know, seven live ball passing turnovers is the result. Six live ball turnovers off the dribble, and that's usually not the guy that's guarding you, that's taking your dribble. It's usually the second defender. So I'm just not I'm not happy with our reading of the defense at the moment. Um, you know, understanding that Oklahoma City is a team that doesn't have a ton of size. So they have to defend with multiple bodies, like they do such a good job. Mark has this team playing so hard, and they scramble really well. obviously, five charges like they're coming and helping from the weak side, and you know we have to recognize that in the moment and understand that the first person that drives the ball probably isn't going to score. like their defense is just not going to allow that first ball handler to score at the rim. so um, you know they des- they deserve a lot of credit for how they played. Um, but I, I don't think that tonight's physicality um, was, like, a whole notch above anything that we've seen this season. You mentioned spacing.
3: Um, you guys are missing a lot of ball handlers, missing shooters. How do you create that, I guess,
1: with the guys you have?
4: Yeah, we – you know, I thought in the second half we had better spacing um, when we played with four players on the perimeter, I think – you know, it's it's everybody just understanding their strengths um, as a player, and you know, it's you can't replicate Jordan, you can't replicate what Colin does. Like I understand that, but we have we have good players on the team, um, guys that are are capable of making shots. You know, Ochai going two for nine. I thought he got a lot of good shots. I thought Lowry's zero for five from three. I thought he rushed probably one of them. Um, I think we we have the ability to still have good spacing and generate good offense. Um, you know, f- f- again, I'll go back to the five charges. Like that's five plays at the charge circle where we're getting the ball there. Um, so we're. I think our initial spacing is not as big of a concern right now as you know reading reading that spacing um, and us getting the ball where it needs to go based on how how we're playing right now.
0: There you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy and his post-game media availability. The Jazz fall tonight to the Thunder, 130-103. to 103. With that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Sunday night when the Jazz take on this very same Oklahoma City Thunder team tip-off. Coming your way at five o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some player sound for you and we'll continue to break this one down. You are listening.
5: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
1: <laughs> There's desperation and anguish.
5: More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Martin, In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities, Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
0: To Utah Jazz Basketball.
1: The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. With your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe.
0: Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga sitting in tonight for Coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. 130 to 103 is your final jazz fall in Oklahoma City to the Thunder. J.P. will get some uh, player sound as uh, it is made available. But what would you take from Coach Hardy?
3: So the big takeaway is really the lasting image of this entire game, which is Lowry sprawled on the floor trying to get the ball as it's being poked away from him. Turnovers, Lowry not having an efficient night, and being defended by Lou Dort. Those are three things that you have to remember of this Jazz Thunder game is that they turned the ball over way too many times and they didn't make up for it with offensive rebounds. They had a size advantage on this Oklahoma City Thunder team, and they couldn't take advantage of it. It was just a couple of offensive rebounds that went their way during the contention of this game. They got a couple uh, towards the end in garbage time, but not enough to get it to where this could be a closer game. They controlled it throughout, OKC did, and it was a matter of just seeing Lowry sprawled on the floor trying to collect a ball that, was going out of his reach. They turned the ball over way too many times tonight.
0: I like it that Hardy kind of downplayed Dort, actually. So you kind of went with those uh, no offense intended to yeah. lose a good player. But they said Lowry gets that attention most nights and handles it uh, well and maybe just didn't handle it as well tonight. But I thought it was an interesting point because Lou Dort is great and, and played great defensively on Lowry. But you know, Lowry gets a lot of attention these days. And, uh, you know, being the number one guy on the scouting report – is not easy, and for the most part, he's handled it really well.
3: But it is impactful that Lou Dort has nobody else to pay attention to right, other than, right. than Lowry. The whole game. Uh, and and spacing is the other thing that Will yeah brought up because they don't have the same spacing that they do when they have their regular starting lineup. Ochai Abaji I've heard this comparison for him in, in projecting his future, and that's Norm Powell. And Norm Powell, not only can he space, but he can also attack a closeout. And he's better on the drive than what Ochai is right now. Ochai, as far as a shooter, love watching him shoot. But as far as attacking the rack and taking closeouts on, I don't know if he's at that Norm Powell way yet.
0: Uh, the Jazz tonight were led by Lowry Markinen who did have 20 points. Uh, Simone Fontecchio had 16 coming in off the bench. Kelly Olenek, uh with 15. Uh, Walker Kessler had a double-double JP with 10 points and 11 boards, but he had eight of those points uh, at the half. He did have four block shots, but not nearly as effective in the second half as he was in the first.
3: Because he got more offensive rebounds in the first half. If, if he... Can dominate on the glass on that end. He can collect even more uh, opportunities for himself because they're not going to be running as many plays for him. He has to get those and tippins and those type of actions. It's not going to happen just through a uh, one dump down into the post and he has a post move on somebody. No, but Simone had a bright game. I thought his activity out there defensively worked him also spacing. Make sense for a second unit that can use some shooting you might want to think of adding more minutes This is a strange to say to a 10-day contract guy but chris dunn chris dunn was pretty impressive in the minutes that he had especially towards the end of the third quarter because he got steals and scores what's the thing that Locke was bringing up that the jazz couldn't do uh defensively get turnovers chris dunn because he's a great defensive player he can generate those type of things with his activity, his length. He can get steals, and that's what he got on a scoop and score, goes the other way and gets a transition bucket. Chris Dunn might be pretty pivotal towards the end of this season as a 10-day guy, very similar to Daniel House was on a previous year. Well,
0: we'll see what happens because this was his last game for the Jazz under contract, and we'll see if they sign him to a second 10-day deal, and then they can sign him for the
3: rest of the season. So I think he's played well, though. I think he's earned a spot. I seriously do because, if anything, he gives you more creation offensively with a, this hampered group. Like, he he really, if he were more familiar with this team, he might be contending for a starting spot over Abaji. All things considered, everything level, if Abaji were in a first-round pick, I think you consider Chris Dunn as a starting-level player on this team right now in this moment,
0: 11.6 assists tonight uh, for Chris Dunn did have two turnovers, but on a team where you have uh, okay. now uh, the, the box scores that you and I have JP have the jazz at 25 turnovers, but uh, coach Hardy was saying 26, I suppose at that point it doesn't really matter, but Chris Dunn, Uh, Only had two of them. Let's uh, check out the master of the glass brought to you by safe flight auto glass. Proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, safe flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's master of the glass, JP Walker Kessler with those 11 rebounds to go along with his 10 points. Larry Markin and also had 10 boards. The jazz actually out rebounded Oklahoma city, JP 48 to 40. But as you point out, um, they didn't crush them on the offensive boards, which is probably what they needed to do uh, to overcome those 25 turnovers. OKC had 11 offensive rebounds. The Jazz only had 10.
3: Not good enough. They need to generate more possessions, especially when they're giving up that many on the other end. 25, 26, doesn't matter.
0: Postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Uh, Subaru uh, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers Subaru owners their diversity chess, a unique story to share read some and share your own MySubaruWiz.com. dot com jazz lose tonight to the Thunder one thirty to one hundred three we'll have some more sound for you coming up next stay tuned you are listening to Utah Jazz basketball.
1: Running hook blocked it the final box score is printed Jake Scott and the coach Tim LaCombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame game show. Oh my.
0: Jazz post game Jake Scott JP Chungin for Coach Come tonight post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru is campaign real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes learn more and share markmillersubaru.com Jazz lose tonight to the Thunder on the road 130 to 103 we'll get some player sound coming up here momentarily well, let's check out the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A. Earn w- rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. JP, the Jazz were 18 of 23 at the line, led by Larry Markkinen, who was 8 of 11. Uh, the Thunder, only 9 of 14 at the line. Uh, usually, when JP Chunga fills in, it's a real foul fest. Tonight, uh, that wasn't necessarily the case.
3: Well, and I was looking at a couple of OKC box scores heading into this. They gave up 39 free throws to the Lakers. Oh used. man! Really? I was anticipating that yeah. tonight, <laughs> and I was going to blame it on just being the Thunder, but thankfully they didn't do that.
0: Not uh, a not an issue tonight, no. JP. The the game was moving. Not not too many fouls. Now turnovers, on the other hand,
3: plenty of those.
0: Plenty of those to go around.
3: They kept on doing it. They they didn't make up for it. Is the thing. The first meeting between these two, the Jazz got 17 offensive rebounds, and it was like six from Walker Kessler. That's how you make up for your turnover issues because they're they're going to have a bit of a turnover bug when you don't have your top two guards. And frankly, when you don't have your three of the top six ahead of the trade deadline, Mike Conley, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, when you lose all of that, you're playing with different lineups. Sometimes you're seeing guys who just got traded here playing on the floor at the same time, and they don't have the chemistry necessary to continue and play together and have that cohesive unit out there. They're still trying to figure each other out. But ultimately, you turn the ball over 20-plus times, you're going to have a very hard time getting yourself in the positive direction. And whatever the number is, it's the most that the Jazz have had this
2: entire season.
0: All right, it's time to uh, continue on. Let's get back to Oklahoma City, and here's
2: from uh, Simone Fontecchio. Simone, on a positive, you finally got a little breakout game. Uh, you know, you stayed with it. You talked to T, and we, we walked down to the bus to get today together, and it, it just worked out for you. Good, good looks early. Yeah, I mean, it tends to, to, to go in sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can always you know, fell off. Uh, yeah, I felt, I felt some confidence. I felt good on the court. <laughs> Unfortunately, we didn't have a good game, but you know, you just gotta stick together, keep playing the right way, and luckily we got another one on Sunday. You no, know, uh, this game seemed like they set the tempo with early threes, and then they also blitz Lowry a lot, forcing the ball out of his hands, and he had to work hard just to get 20 tonight. But they had a good game plan; they stayed with it. Yeah, I mean, they made a lot of shots. We we helped helped them too because we made a lot of turnovers, too, too many and sometimes our defense was not so solid Uh, of course now teams are playing very very tough on Lowry very very aggressive you know with hands on his body so it's tough for him but we gotta we gotta help him too what can you do to maybe just make the better pass is it the fact that new faces are on the floor can it be solved or is it just something that will continue to be maybe an issue I don't know you know if you think about just our uh, single line you know the the bench line uh, we never played really together so it's really it's really tough to get a rhythm it's really tough to to know each other a little bit we just need a little bit of time but as I said we got another one on Sunday we got a lot of games left so you just keep building keep working and stick together one last thing you guys still though defensively had a a great stat I think seven players with one or more block shots in this game everybody was very active yeah, I mean, especially in the second half, we tried to get back and uh, our aggressiveness, our activity was a little bit better on the on the defensive end. But we just got to do it uh, for 48 minutes, all the, all the game. to now we you're going to suffer a little bit. Get some rest. Simone, thanks.
0: There you go. Simone Fontecchio with uh, Craig Jack, Love it. The bowler's getting down there and got a one-on-one. That's uh, terrific. But Fontecchio, JP, he had 16 points tonight. In 26 minutes, five of 13 shooting, four of six from three, which is obviously great. Four boards and assists. Uh, he had only one turnover, had a block shot, and I think uh, that's a guy that uh, a lot of fans, uh, people, I'm, I'll throw myself into that category, are, are curious about. You know, li- I, I like the concept of Fontecchio. We just haven't seen a ton of it yet.
3: Well, and he's still getting adjusted to the NBA game. It's very different from playing overseas in Euro League and the physicality of of having someone close out on your three-point shooting, as Simone is uh, wont to do. He's supposed to be a sniper from the outside. He hasn't shot the ball as well as he has in previous leagues and in previous seasons for himself. So him adjusting to quicker closeouts, more athleticism, that's going to be the thing that you see the rest of the year and, and what he can improve on for next season. But he said something that, you have to remember, bench line, we haven't really played together. And it's true, because Damian Jones is the backup big, and he's been on the team seven games? Yeah, I was Se-
0: going to say two two weeks, three weeks.
3: Three weeks, seven games, and they haven't had much practice together. So they they are still trying to find that chemistry in this second unit, and it's got to come from people who have been here in Simone Fantecchio in uh, Rudy Gay when he gets his opportunity out there. The rest of it is is really piecemeal with Chris Dunn, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones. They, they haven't been here that long, so they're still trying to learn the system. But too many turnovers. He highlighted it as well. If you're turning the ball out that many times, it's going to suck, and it's not going to be easy for you to, to get uh, your offense going.
0: Well, I will say this. The bench was a lot better tonight. Than it was the other night against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Even though they took tough losses in both games, the bench was was much better tonight. Um, as uh, let's see, not only did Fontecchio have 16, but we talked to uh, talked about Chris Dunn, who had 11, uh, and Damian Jones. You mentioned him; he had seven and three, was very active, had two block shots, could have been three, although they hung a goaltending uh, goaltending on him for it. And then Rudy Gay had eight coming off the bench, so the bench was really. <coughs> But, excuse me. Unproductive against uh, San Antonio. That wasn't necessarily the case tonight.
3: It was only a, like Johnny Juzang who had some moments of uh, bright spot against San Antonio in a miserable night. But the more that they play together, the more it'll help. Chris Dunn is is the energy plug so far on this bench line, and it was good to see Simone get out there and get his shots because. Uh, Ochai had some opportunities with the first unit. He just wasn't bearing his shots. Simone comes in there and and provides the spacing that you need. You can play him with the first unit in that Ochai spot, find ways to get him on the floor so that he can help you expand the floor even when everything is contracting on you. He can can still uh, provide spacing because he is a sniper for you.
0: Getting scientific on us there, expanding, contracting. Physics. There it is. Smart guy, JP. I try to be. Yeah, you, you succeed, my friend. You you certainly do. All right, the Jazz fall tonight, one thirty to one o three. We'll get to more coming up right around the corner. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. mysubaruis.com. More straight ahead. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball.
1: Wow. The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Here's Jake Scott.
0: Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga sitting in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz ball to the Thunder, one thirty to one oh three. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. JP, I want to remind our uh, about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each will receive visit from Jazz Bear, a $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, not to mention tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to utahjazz.com slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator uh, right now. Uh, 25 turnovers, JP. That's the big story of the game. Maybe 26, depending on if you uh, believe Coach Hardy's box score uh, that he got. But compare that to seven from the Thunder. Uh, The Jazz got six turnovers from Lowry Market, and six from Talon Horton Tucker, four from Kelly Olenek. And uh, that's uh, right there. Don't do math on the air, JP. But that's 16 turnovers between three people.
3: And they had seven? The Thunder had seven? Total um that's absurd and pointed parcel to the fact that they have a really good depth line with who who the responsibility is to control the ball control the pace cuz it's Josh Giddy Giddy controlled this game with his passing in the first half and it only extended to the second where he didn't have to do as much but he still did the job he had 10 plus assists and He doesn't have a shot. He's able to get to the rim. That's what you saw in the first half, how he uses his feints and moves and his shot fakes, and he gets to the rim somehow, some way, even though you don't have to buy buy on an outside shot. He can still control things. And the Jazz don't have that right now. They don't have a necessary point guard that you say, he's running the team and, and you can let him go through the entire offense. It helps out Lowry if you have a point guard. It helps. It makes everybody's jobs much easier when they have a, a table setter of that caliber. And right now, it's it's not there. And the floor game of Taylen Horton Tucker is something that we've been watching ever since the trade deadline. And tonight was one of the nights that he struggled out there.
0: Well, and Lowry plays in the offense. Who is just he's not an ISO guy per se. That's not necessarily the strength of his game. I'm not going to say that he can't be effective doing that because we've seen it at times, including uh, the last time he played against Lou Dort where he was good at it. So I'm not saying that's not something he doesn't have, but it's not necessarily his strength. And he only took 14 shots tonight. I mean, I say only because he was by far the best player on the floor, certainly the best player for the Jazz, best offensive player for the Jazz, and uh, was 6 of 14. Well,
3: and this is also something that you consider with okc the direction of the team and how thoughts are that they're tanking the rest of the way but i don't see that i don't see that this team would try to not make the playoffs because they have a young group that would really benefit from making a playing game or trying to advance into a one versus eight or a two versus seven they would benefit from those situations and all the injuries seem pretty legit, and the fact that SGA hasn't been out there, them breaking their losing streak against the Jazz is becoming a bad habit for Utah with teams with big with streaks. losing streaks yeah. uh, coming in, and the Jazz are unable to keep those going. But right now, and, and you could use this and extend it to the Jazz, like losing doesn't help you. The odds that you're at are you're pretty locked in. The bottom four is secured in the leveling off of uh, the tanking for the, this season. The, the draft odds, fourteen percent mm-hmm. for the bottom four. Okay, they're way off. You're like 12, 12 games back of the bottom teams. If even if you start a deep, yeah, tank. It's, it's not possible. It's, it's not no. gonna. You're not gonna get into that zone. So you might as well just keep trying to go and get better and and win these games down the stretch. And you're not going to catch the other teams that are bad. Like the the other teams, you're four, six games off, and they're going to keep losing too, so you have to have them win and you lose. It's just too difficult to catch up to the bottom of, of the entire league. You've got Charlotte. Um, Indiana is also down there. There's no room for you to... Try and get into that tank zone where you're getting better lottery odds. You're pretty locked in where you're at.
0: So the bottom of the league, JP, uh, Houston has the worst record in the league at 13 and 49. Next is Detroit at 15 and 48. Uh, then San Antonio at 16 and 47. Uh, then you get a little bit of distance from there to Charlotte at 20 and 45. But then to your point, that's where the big kind of break comes. And uh, from there, you're looking at Orlando at 27 and 37. Uh, Then you get to the Blazers at 29 and 34. Oh, I, I skipped the Pacers, excuse me, at 28 and 36. The Bulls are at 29 and 35. So the Jazz are at 31 and 33 in the neighborhood of the Lakers at 30 and 33. The Thunder, obviously at 29 and 34. Now, uh, so there is that. You're not going to get down into the bottom five. It's it's just not possible because those other teams have to win at the same time the Jazz would be losing. Now, the race to get out of the play-in spot is another thing. If there is motivation not to make the playoffs, to stay in the lottery, then uh, the Jazz would have to move back one spot, and they're currently a half game up on the Lakers.
3: But it's a marginal improvement on your Lottery odds. It's not like...
0: Marginal for sure, but still in the lottery. You make the playoffs and you're not in the lottery anymore.
3: But do you think that this team is a lock-in playoff team, even in a play-in with the way that they're playing right now? No, Not uh -uh. at all.
0: But you're still alive for it.
3: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, And the lowest lottery odds has won the NBA lottery before. So there's that.
3: It's a deep draft. I'll, I'll phrase it that way. And I've been told that three... Is a number one caliber type player. So the Thompson Twins, I think it's Osser is the better of the Thompson Twins, would be a number one caliber type player in any other draft that isn't this one, where you have Victor, who is an out of this world type of player, and Scoot Henderson who is a really good player.
0: Now, the Jazz have, and this is my opinion here, uh, the Jazz have the the assets to trade wherever in the (laughs) draft pretty much they want to get if they truly believe that. But I've just been around too long, JP, to buy into draft hype anymore. I've heard that about so many drafts, and then it just doesn't turn out to be that way. And then drafts that you don't think are very good all of a sudden turn out to be good. And then, honestly, some drafts where everybody say, oh, there's nothing, turns out to be nothing. It's just all over the board.
3: And Danny seen that it's been all over the board. When it was uh, fashionable for his picks, it was Fultz number one and Chris Dunn at three for two separate years that uh, the Celtics were drafting in those positions. Traded out of the one, and he got Tatum. And then at uh, the spot where he could have drafted Chris Dunn, he drafted Jalen Brown. Both hit. You have to get Lucky. In these situations, it's it goes with talent of evaluation goes with your gut and feeling out these draft prospects, figuring out who's good and who's not and who fits into best available. But you also still have to get lucky. And whether that's the draft lottery odds, the ping pong balls going your way or selecting the right guy, even uh, against conventional wisdom, because Chris Dunn was basically a local guy for uh, New England, for the Boston Celtics playing at Providence. They got a lot of intel on that guy, and a lot of fans around uh, the Boston Celtics wanted Chris Dunn in the green, but he went the right direction and didn't draft that guy. Now, you know, he gets saddled with expectations, and then that's why other teams are willing to give up on him so easily in a much more diminished role, On a nicer contract, he can really contribute, as you can see, with the way that he defends. But luck will go a long way to getting you uh, some good lottery balls and getting you the right player.
0: Well, now it seems like uh, it's all about those lottery balls as we watch the standings in kind of a weird way on how – High or low the Jazz get, I'm sure they would. They would tell you as a franchise they can benefit from making a play-in scenario. I know the players in the locker room would love to make the playoffs outright, obviously, or a play-in scenario. But we'll see what happens tonight. Did not help.
3: This is a play-in team, though. As if you're going to be around 500 in the Western Conference, as stacked as it is, that's a play-in zone team. Yeah. It's it's not like uh, I expected going into this year. Top six team. Can't wait to see this team in the playoffs. No, they were always going to be at best in the playing zone, and this is the at best situation.
0: Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru Your final Jazz lose tonight to the Thunder 130 to 103. We've got your play of the game coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
1: Coach Tim LaCombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz game Show. Oh my! Long outlet by the Thunder, attacking the rack. Pontecchio gets to the top floor and blocks the dunk. Rudy Gay drives the left side, pulls for a 12-foot mid-range hopper and hits it.
0: Our guy David Locke and your play of the game right there. Jazz post game. Jake Scott, JP Chunga for Coach Lacombe. tonight. Play of the game brought to you by Larry H Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. Jazz lose tonight to the Thunder, one thirty to one oh three. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. If you're just joining us, the Jazz got 20 points and uh, 10 rebounds from Lowry Markkinen, but did not have his best game. He was 6-14 shooting, 0-5 from 3-8 of 11 at the line. Uh, Simone Fontecchio had 16 coming in off the bench. Kelly Olenek with 15 Uh, Walker Kessler had a double-double tonight with uh, 10 points and 11 rebounds. Chris Dunn also had 11 coming in off the bench to go along with six boards and six assists. For uh, the Thunder, Aaron Wiggins had a big night off the bench, 27 points in 27 minutes, 12 of 16 shooting. The Thunder had six players in double figures. Uh, Jalen Williams had 20. Uh, Lou Dort had 19. Uh, Isaiah Joe with 17 after a big first half. Josh Giddy with a double-double, 18 points, 13 boards. He also grabbed uh, six rebounds. Uh, Giddy, we haven't talked about him a ton tonight, JP. Giddy was really, really good.
3: Controlled the game, knew exactly what to do with Shea out. He took on the extra playmaking role, and he attacked the basket. And when he's attacking and making sure that He's collapsing the jazz defense he was able to kick out the shooters and Wiggins benefited Jalen Williams benefited and it, it allowed uh giddy to get their offense rolling. Jazz weren't able to stop it
0: no they uh they were not and uh you know when a guy like uh, uh Wiggins, not that Wiggins Aaron Wiggins is having that kind of night coming in off the bench. I don't know. The Jazz defense did not knock my socks off tonight.
3: No, good. No, 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 no. And even with the blocks, even with the, all the blocks that they got, they collected, um, it wasn't as if uh, they were pushing OKC off their spots uh, as far as um, them still penetrating. Gideon's yeah, still the, getting to the rack.
0: Right. The the 14 blocks does not tell no the story of the defense tonight. Not me. at all. You're and, totally right.
3: And it was also under control what Giddy was doing. He didn't turn the ball over. You saw the Jazz. They were getting out of control. They were uh, losing the ball, letting them get out into transition because you're turning the ball over so much. That didn't happen for the Thunder. They were always playing within themselves and in the flow of the offense. It was only until our guy, Jared Butler, came into the game that things got a little hectic for OKC where you're dribbling the air out of the ball.
0: That's what he does.
3: That's the only time that you saw that happen. Otherwise, it was pass move, pass move, pass move. That's yep. how, that's the way that they like to play. Beyond that, like, it, it was an impressive offense performance. I wasn't impressed uh, much with what the Jazz did offensively.
0: No, no, uh, nowhere offensively. I mean, it uh, yeah. they did shoot the ball forty nine percent from the field. Uh, they were 9 of 29 from 3, so nothing really to write home about. As we mentioned before, 18 of 23 at the line, but just not uh, not one of the Jazz' best performances. I will say I think they played better than they did against San Antonio the other night, but maybe that maybe we're splitting hairs at the, that that point, JP.
3: And I don't know why San Antonio has been a difficult one for the Jazz as far as effort to start out games, because that's been the trend. When it was in San Antonio last time in December, they came out flat. Will Hardy called them out after the game for their effort. And then the game that they had on uh, the weekend was not good in the first half, but they were able to make up for it with the second half effort. And Will Hardy, again, said it wasn't good enough to start the game. And then ultimately, if you're going to play that way against a team, they're going to take the full game, and they're going to win it outright. And that's what they did the last time that they played the Spurs. This effort was much better. They kept it closer until it ultimately got out of hand because they turned the ball over too much. This needs to be a turn-the-page game. Forget that this version of this OKC trip happened and turn the page to a fresh opportunity next because you got the same team, and you have the same film to look at, one that you're very intimately familiar with, having played them already twice since the All-Star break, third time, Seeing them on the same floor that you just saw them out there, another opportunity to get it back on the good for the Jazz next time out.
0: Yeah, and if the Jazz could get Jordan Clarkson back, that would probably help. But huge. Not sure. Huge. Not sure what the timeline is there. I know their uh, Sexton is not going to play on Sunday. They're going to reevaluate re-evalu- him early next week, I believe. JP, correct me. Monday. 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 They'll uh, they'll look at him, but I mean, there's there's no reason to rush anybody back.
3: And you have ten days to use. You 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 can use another ten day on Chris Dunn, yep. and then ultimately sign him to the rest of the season once that second ten day expires. You can do the same for Frank Jackson, who can fill a roster spot. Both can uh, provide something. First opportunity for Frank Jackson. I don't think he necessarily got an opportunity to affect the game as much, but good to see him get get out there. It the was court. good to
0: see him out there. Yeah. So. Uh, We'll see what happens with both those guys as their 10 days expire and what the Jazz choose to do with those spots. Uh, Anything else, JP, some final thoughts on this one before we turn the page to the next Oklahoma City game on Sunday?
3: Truly, this is one where you throw out this game and try to get back to what it was Thursday uh, last week. Offensive rebounds, offensive rebounds will be huge and pivotal in a second game and clearly turnovers, making sure that you aren't turning the ball over and giving OKC opportunities that they shouldn't have, cleaning that up will go a long way to helping yourself out on Sunday. All
0: right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast tonight. Of course, Lock and Boone, great work uh, calling all the action. Thanks to our broadcast assistants tonight. Thanks to Mike Smith for dropping by during the pregame show. Thanks to Jamil Hawkins, executive producer of the Jazz broadcast. Thanks to the title sponsor of the postgame show, that would be Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller, Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. JP, thank you. Uh, as always, it's it's fun hanging out with you. You do a great job. Uh, what uh, Tease the podcast. What can we look forward to?
3: So next week's going to be Juan Toscano Anderson on okay. the podcast talking about this team. He got a little bit of run today. And then uh, Kate Fagan talking about Lucy Harris the woman that the New Orleans Jazz drafted in 1979. So a little history lesson on the next podcast as Good well.
0: you digging deep as usual, JP. Well done. All right, your final Jazz Fall to the Thunder tonight, one thirty to one oh three. Next broadcast coming your way on Sunday night. The Jazz will take on this Thunder team in Oklahoma City once again. That game will tip off at 5 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 4. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball.
5: That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.